Welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about how you find your career sweet spot. And I have a special guest for you today. I have Kenneth Ilyanyosi. I know we've been, I've been practicing that. I know you're going to joke around with me. You can, you can definitely bully me on this. But Kenneth is the founder of Talent Revolution, and they focus on helping companies and employees find their career sweet spot. Kenneth, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, Daniel. Thank you for at least getting the first part of my name correct. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is like the second episode in the last month where I mess up. And I literally was like, we spent five minutes going over it. And I'm like, in my head, in my head. Anyways, I, I apologize. I, nah, I, I, don't, don't worry about it. Listen, this, this happens often. Even people who have known me for 10 years still kind of struggle. So... It is pronounced Iloenyosi. Iloenyosi. I tell people it's the sexiest Nigerian name you'll ever hear. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm I'm so glad that you're on the show. We, we've you know we connected on LinkedIn. I, I I want to tell the audience kind of how I found you. Yeah. I was getting ready to go to APCA and I was researching different showcases and I see Kenan's YouTube video on his showcase talking about the career sweet spot and I said. This will be a great episode of the podcast. So I reached out to him on LinkedIn, the power of networking. We had a conversation and now my man here, he's on the show. And so I'm, I'm excited because anytime we can help students find their career sweet spot, find their dream job, save them years, hours, money of t- like countless hours, money, resources, it's always a good episode. So um, let's get started. Be, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background. How did you get into helping people find their career sweet spot? Well, it all started kind of like 2006, 2007. I owned a business with my wife, a web and graphic design company, and I just was not fulfilled in what we were doing. You know, you're making money, but not excited about making money. And some people, some people may think, wow, that is odd. But the truth is you get to a point that money is not, you know, it's not everything anymore. And so I started hungering to figure out what I really want to spend the rest of my life doing. And that set me down this search of analyzing, thinking, asking questions, doing a lot of introspection and came up, you know, really happened upon what gets my juices flowing. And I realized that I love to help people identify their purpose. But in doing that, I realized that the key to identifying your purpose and your why comes down to your how. How are you wired? So that led me down that path of helping people figure out what their natural talent and abilities are because I had to do the same thing for myself. To figure out what I wanted to do, I had to first find out what my natural abilities are and I realized that, listen, if I, if, if I could take myself through this process, I could take others through the process as well. And that's what I've done full-time since 2012. Wow. So how do you, how do, you do this? Like, is it, how involved do, do people need to take personality tests? Man? It's 
and I know that there's different types of, of personality assessment. There's like this Maya Briggs, there's Kobe, there is the five love languages. Uh, talk, let's talk about this. So how do you, how, do, how does that process, like where should people start? Start anywhere. You know, so there is no one assessment that can tell you everything about yourself. So take as many assessments as possible. Having said that, I will say that most assessments out there measure personality. And your personality is really one slice of how you are wired. There are so many other things that make up who you are. And so I focused not just on your personality, but on your natural abilities. And I use a tool called the Highlands Ability Battery. The Highlands Ability Battery, it is the most in-depth ability assessment tool I have seen on the market. And so that's what I use with helping people start figuring out, okay, how am I wired? How do I solve problems? Do I like tangible things? Do I like to work with my hands? Uh, am, I, am I musically gifted? It, ex it really opens up so many things. And so what's interesting to me is that um, Myers-Briggs is a personality test. It is. Right? It is. How, are you familiar with Kobe? Kobe is a, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not very familiar with it, but let me see if I get, or maybe why don't you tell me so that I don't just uh, make I, an I, informed I, guess. I took the Kobe test recently. I had an, okay. uh, what, actually one of the most listened episodes of my podcast. I have over 100 episodes. is with Emily, and she is a certified Kobe consultant where she goes people through the test. Yeah. And it, it, she was telling me that it was the only test the, mis, the, the measures, I forgot what it measures, but it's the only test that after 20 years, if you were to retake it, you would get the same score. That Myers-Briggs is expires within a couple of years or a couple of months. There's some tests that if you were to take it the next week, it changes. And I yeah. found that really interesting because I think it was your innate talent that Kobe measures. But I took the test. I went over it with her. And I learned a lot about myself, even mm -hmm. though that I had already taken Myers-Briggs or similar tests in college. But um, so I think it's interesting to know for college students, right, They that your career service or your universities, they have this test available, th this types of test. It might not be, um, I think you were talking about the Highlands, the right? Highlands. Highland. Uh, yeah. It might not be Kobe, it might be Myers-Briggs, but you need to be aware that these tests measure different things. So can, maybe can you go over some of the main things that these types of tests measure? Like you said, some of them are personality and yeah. some of them are, what, what other tests are they and what do they measure? You, so you, there's, there's the Myers-Briggs, which is the popular one that me measures personality. Um, you have the Strong's Interest Inventory, which starts to help you understand your interests. Um, the, like the Kobe, from what you're saying, sounds like it measures some of your, assess your, your natural abilities. The Highlands ability puts it all together. It me measures your natural abilities, measures your... Um, personality so whether you're an introvert extrovert ambivert there's also an aspect of personality that it measures that a number of personality assessments don't measure and that is your um, whether you're a specialist or uh, a generalist or you're somewhere in between that really from a personality standpoint determines a lot about how you work and the environment in which you like to work 
it, it really, especially if you're a specialist. I think that's very interesting because just knowing whether you're a generalist or a specialist literally can knock out 50% of the majors out and allows you to pick the right major, right? I, I think about that because like engineering is a very specialist type of role, but business, there is both specialist and um, there's specialists and generalists, both in yep. business, right? So you got a business yep. management, you're a generalist, you, you know, mm -hmm. especially um, you're learning a little bit about everything. But if you're an accountant, you are a specialist, right? And, um, and so knowing that uh, it's going to be very crucial on figuring out if you're in the right major or not. Mm -hmm. And the power to that is by the time you get out of school and you are in the workforce, if you get your abilities and your assessment right in college, you are not going through the issues my clients today are going through. They, they've hopped from job to job and are still unfulfilled in what they do. And often they, don't tie, they, they, they are unable to tie that back to a lack of understanding about their natural abilities. They often focus on you know, what I call extrinsic factors. Well, I need to make more money or I don't like my work environment or my boss is X, Y, and Z. But as we start to work, they realize that the major problem is that their ideal work types or their ideal work environment is missing. And why that happens is because they did not choose the career or job based on affinity or tie into their natural abilities. Your natural abilities determine so much about how you should work and where you should work. Yeah. And so let's, let's go back a little bit, right? I am a college yeah. student right now. Where can I start? Where should I start? You're saying just start, but I need a first step. Like, where should I go? So go to your career services office. This is something I, I, I talk with a lot of career service officers and it's amazing how many students don't take advantage of all the free tools their career services office, uh, offices have to offer. So go there, take the assessments they have that are for free, talk to a career counselor, but more importantly than that, figure out if based on your abilities, if the major in which you are aligns with what those assessments say. The assessments are one thing. The other thing I tell people to do is, you know, intro, do some introspection. Look back on how you were as a child between the age of one to 10. Because your abilities, your personality, some of these things are hardwired into you when you were born. And so the young child interacts with their environment based on how they're naturally pre-wired. And that interaction comes out in the form of play. So I tell even my, my, my clients in their 50s, I always tell them, go back to age one and 10. What did the adults around you at that time always say? How did you play? What types of games did you enjoy playing? What, what, what did you enjoy doing? What were you always doing? that starts to show you the sparks of how you are naturally wired. And often people can put, can, so, so, so people in engineering who as kids like to take things apart or tinker with toys or tinker with electronics, 
But now, as adults, they want to build stuff. They, they want to uh, figure out how things work or how they can, you know, construct things. Even, even if it's not an actual building, but that mindset was present in their childhood. And, and so taking the time to just think back to your childhood, or even for those, for a lot of people who have access to their parents, having the conversation with their parents, hey, tell me about my childhood between one and age one and 10. What did I enjoy doing? What games were, were, you know, was I always playing? What was I always doing? Um, starts to give you an insight into how you are naturally wired. Wow, that is very interesting. I'm, as you were talking about that, I am going back and thinking, what was I doing when out from the ages of one? I don't, I, I be honest with you, I can only remember from like seven and 10. I can remember, I, it's hard for me to go back and, and tell you, oh, when I was five years old, um, and I'm going back and you're right, the things that made me, make me happy now are the things that were making me happy then, right? I was very social. I was always outside. I was playing sports. Um, I liked business. I remember going and selling water to the people who play soccer outside of my house. Um, <laughs> going back to my old roots, I, was, I had a car wash business like at the age of nine. Um, Look at that. So now I that. see it. I see it. No. I, and one thing I want to make, uh, you, you said go to career services and take all those assessments and they're, yeah. they're free assessments. And students listening to this, understand this. They're not inferior assessments. They're assessments that cost hundreds of dollars, but the university gets them either for free or at a lower cost because it's a nonprofit or the, it's, it's a university institution. So yeah. if you were to pay for those assessments once you're no longer a student, those will cost you money, right? And so they're not, don't think just because they're free that they're not good. No, 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 no. They, they, you pay for them through your tuition, but there's thousands of students at your university. So take advantage of everything. Like I, I talk about that um, in different episodes, talking about take advantage of all the things that are free to you as a student. Like the university can, like the university that I attended to, they have a lawyer on, on, that students get for free. So if you get a DUI or if you have, or if you're renting a house wow. um, and you have, you have a dispute with your land landowner or landlord, mm -hmm. um, you can use this, the, the lawyer, the school's lawyer for student issues, as long as you're not in focusing on, or you're fighting against the university and there's a conflict of interest. So there's so many resources out there. Um, every university is different when it comes to the resources that are available. So you just have to check, um, but most of them have some sort of career service department and some yeah. sort of assessments that they provide. Yeah. Let's talk Joe, about. It's, 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 I mean, I, I, I want to, because what you've said, we cannot overemphasize. We cannot overemphasize the importance and how big it is. You know, it's, it's almost like you have this thing there that is for free. Don't blow it because the people who I work with who have been five, six years outside college, they now say, I wish I had done this when in college. So it's huge. It's huge. So, I, so any, whether it's my book, whether it's my Master in College to Career uh, Academy, which is an, uh, it's a four-week online course, Yeah. One, I have three A's. So my, if students say, how do you get a job, Daniel? I said, there's three steps. Assess, acquire, and achieve assess is the first step of the process and it's 33 percent of the content but it's all about self-assessment like to your point like you really need to understand yourself 
and understand where you want to go before you can then choose your major and everything like that. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I have students go through um, is first, I have them go through a SWOT analysis. Um, you know, for them to identify their strengths, their weakness, their opportunities, and their threats. I also try to have them think about what they're good at and what they're passionate about and when they're intersect. Like, I talk about this example all the time. Like, growing up, I enjoyed playing basketball and I, it was something I'm passionate about, but the reality is that I was not good enough or I'm not tall enough to go to the NBA. So that might not have been my dream job. That's not my career sweet spot. But if I really truly love basketball, it didn't mean that I couldn't be a coach, right? And so there's ways to look at it. Um, but yeah. what are some things that maybe some, I, is there things or questions the students should be asking themselves that can get them thinking and get them started and maybe motivate them to go to their career service department? The, what I call the foundational element of making the right career decision is understanding your natural ability. I, I heard you just talk about passion. And I tell people that passion comes later. And, and, I, and that's one of the myths that I, I tell people when they say, oh, follow your passion. I'm like, no, don't follow your passion. That's, I personally think that is incorrect advice um, because often you may be like you said you may be passionate about something for which you don't have a gift make it a hobby start with your natural abilities once your natural abilities are good the truth is your passion in what you should do for work will find you passion is such a dangerous thing because once it gets a grip of you, man, if you are not ready, it will, it will crush you. You get what I mean? I, I do. But so I have, I go back and forth on this debate, right? Whether you should yeah. follow your passion or not. Right? And I really go back and forth because I think if you follow your passion, the money will eventually come. Right. And, and, and there's different books that argue that the opposite of, of what you just shared. Yeah. Um, but I also understand your point. Right. And, Here's the, the thing that I find that's a problem with what you said is yeah. when you tell people to say, go follow your natural ability or what you're good at, people's definition of what they're good at is completely different from what the real world is. So I, I, a student could be raised in a family where they celebrate seventh place, right? And so they thought they were good at baseball or they thought they were good at math. And then they get to the real world and even though they thought they were good, they're bad. Right. Because they thought they were good. Their parents thought they were good. Right. Because there's no such yeah. thing as an ugly baby. But then comes the reality. <laughs> right. Well, there, there is there, there is there is there is yeah. not to the parent, not to the parent. <laughs> not, I've never seen like I'm at the age where all my friends are having kids and they're all having babies. I've never seen anybody like, oh, my baby was born ugly. No, they're always born perfect. Right. So, yeah, I. I, I think, you know, parents nowadays have like have raised their kids to give them this false sense that they're the best, that they're the kindest, that they're the funniest, that they're the smartest. And that may gives you a blurry vision of what you're actually truly naturally good at. Yeah. And that's the problem that I have with what you said. It's not that is I don't believe that it's true. I I, I just think that people just don't really know what they're truly what good they're at. Good. So so but 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 you see, you prove my point in saying that. The information is not coming from the person. 
because they haven't done any self-assessment. The information is coming from the outside based on the, the parents or the environment's blinders, so to say. So, which is, so the place where we are both meeting in the middle is with the importance for students to start the introspection and use their career services and figure out what are they naturally good at. Because if the family is celebrating seventh position and they finally take an assessment and they figure out that they don't really have high rhythm memory, which is what is a prerequisite for being good in sports, then you, you won't waste your time trying to pursue sports as a career. Now, now, one thing we always say in my field is that our, with our assessments, we don't tell you what you can and cannot do because with hard work, a lot of things are possible. But there is the element of hard work and there's the bigger element of inner fulfillment where you work from a place of overflow, where you work from knowing that this is how I am wired naturally to work. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. So some, some people excel based on skill. And, but we, I'm talking about you excelling first based on your natural abilities and adding skill to it. That makes sense. It's kind of like the how you do things, right? Yeah. Um, I think sports, you, you know, we, we talk a lot about sports as being an example. The, the thing about sports is that you find out really quick if you're good or not, right? Like if, if you were really good in high school, you could have been the best in your high school, but then you get to college and, and, and you don't make the team. Um, it, it, you know, you find out really quick. But the problem is that other than sports, there's not a lot of things where you can find out if you're good at or not based on the environment, right? Like, um, and I think that you need to, you, I think that's why self-assessment are so crucial. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of other ways that students can find out without taking self-assessments. And I just feel like it's such a longer route. Like, sure, they'll figure it out with tests and trials, but why not go through a scientific way to figure it out? True. True. The, 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 the other way to test out, some, test out some things you are thinking about is, you know, holiday jobs, internships. If you have an, so I live here in Johns Creek in, in, in Atlanta. I'm part of, uh, I serve on the board of directors for Leadership Johns Creek. And our high school students, we have a program called Students Leadership Johns Creek. And the high school students going through the program, based on what they study, have a period where they go and shadow people in those professions. Some of them come away saying, yeah, I don't want to do that. And some come away saying, yes, I want to do that. So job shadowing is another way of testing a career. But again, how did the, but the question I always go back to asking, okay, is how did you choose that career? You say you want to be an attorney. Where did that idea come from? Did it come from your parents? Did it come from you knowing that you have this mind, this curious mind, and you are able to use words and um, put theories together. There, there are certain base abilities that attorneys need, especially depending on the aspect of law you want to practice. Yeah, okay. I think that's interesting, right? Like why people choose their major. I, I read a very interesting book that said, it, the, the title of the book is, Your Major is What? And 
the book once talks about it's actually written by like a phd is, is a, um is actually scientific studies done on it yeah and people you know they, they get out of high school and they don't know what they want to do and so they generally pick a major that people will be proud saying i am gonna be a doctor i'm gonna be a lawyer i'm gonna be an accountant i'm gonna be an engineer and so they pick that major and that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and so they start because they don't want to go to the Thanksgiving dinner and say, Oh, I am majoring in liberal arts or I am majoring in, <laughs> you know, in like basket weaving, whatever that might yeah. be. Right. And, and then they're stuck in that major and they don't realize that they don't want to do that job, but now they're graduating in six months. And it's like, if I were to switch my major, I have to go stay in school for two more years. Um, and that book actually talked a lot about that. And I think students, think that they have time they're like i have four years to figure it out and the reality is that you really don't because after don't. two years you're really in your major yeah. and the first year you can get away with switching majors and not add a lot of classes to it but your sec once you're in your like college like after your first two years of prereqs yeah. um it makes it really tough and there's universities that like nordane that they like they don't let you switch like they are wow. like like they, they'll let you switch, but they like strongly advise because they want to protect those numbers. Yeah. Um, na national statistics is 80% of students change their majors. But if you look at their statistic, I think it's less than 20% change their majors, right? Because wow. there's a lot of more counseling. There's just, they make sure that you get in, get out. And it's a, it's a wow. reputation that they're trying to protect. Wow. It, it's, it's, you save yourself so much time if you get this right it, it's huge I, I i had i had a i had a i met with a, a guy today who's in his mid-50s and having the same conversation wealthy guy has three or four companies but he's still asking himself man did, did i miss it <laughs> the guy's a multimillionaire, but he's asking himself did, did i miss it am i really doing what i should be doing um, and, and, and I find that when you are in high school, in college, that desperation is not there. And, and so the question I keep asking myself, and that's where, for, so for people like you who are in that college market, how can you light that fire in the hearts of college students so that they take advantage of these tools offered by their career services offices? Because the, the pain, the, um, how, how else can I put it? The pain, the disappointment, all that is real. Once you are out there in the workforce and you don't like what you do, it is real. So, so you find some people, they keep, you know, temporarily getting a fix by changing jobs, making more money. But that honeymoon of a new job and increased pay lasts about three, four months. I mean, a statistics show that after 80,000, after I earn about $80,000, the increase in happiness is minimal. So if you go from making 80 grand to making 200 grand, your, the, the increase in happiness is minimal. I was about to reference that earlier because I, I had read that study a long time ago when I read it, that was at 75, but with inflation, I'm sure it's gone up. Um, yeah how that is true and i 
could not believe it. When I was a student, I was like, no way. If I'm making $50,000 and I'm making $150,000, like that is a huge <laughs> difference. But then when I was making, uh, when I st then made that, at that time, I had read the statistic. I still remember it was $75,000 yeah. at that time. Then I hit the $75,000 mark. I was super happy, right? I went from 50 to 75. But then when I was making six figures, my wife was making good money. Like our household income was like, like double that, you know, way more than that. Yeah. I didn't feel double. I didn't feel two times happier. It was, it was this, this very little, like, um, well, I forgot. I'm trying to think of the word is like law of diminishing demand is, yep. um, return. Like, it, yeah. M law of diminishing returns. And yeah. I felt that it, and it really is like somebody gave me that example. That was really like any college student could relate to you go to an all you can eat restaurant and you're mm -hmm. hungry. You haven't eaten for a day. The first plate, oh man, that was great. But the third plate, don't tell me it tastes the same as the first plate because it does not. Yeah. And I think it's the same. It's the same thing with money. And so don't focus so much on the money because yeah. most careers, like you can get to that eighty thousand uh, dollar position, at, yeah. at, you know, in in most careers. Like yeah. generally, I would say most careers, you can definitely get that. Um, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, like I I, I think you're you're right. It's how do you figure that out early? Um, because after that, that $80,000 number, like you're really not going to get that much. I, trust me. Yeah. You, you own a Ferrari. It'd be great for two weeks. And it's just another toy. Yep. You know, <sighs> interesting. So last question for you, you know, is there anything maybe that you, you would like to say that I haven't asked you or something that you really want students to take away from this episode? So the message, my core message is that we are all born for a specific purpose. We're all born to do something. I tell people that you are in this space of time for a reason. You've never been born. You've never been. And in the, I think there are six or seven billion, I think we're close to seven billion people on this planet now. There is no other you. And the day you die, there will not be another you. So there's this, you are, high, I, don't do, I, I, I don't use the term unique, you're so unique, you're like hyper unique, that there's something you were born for and it is your responsibility to figure it out. And, and it starts by you figuring out how you are wired, understanding your natural abilities, your personality, and putting all that into the thought of, what career am I going to pursue? Because I, I tell people you are how you are. Abilities, personality, likes, dislikes. You are how you are for why you are, your purpose. And so starting from there helps you get on the path to living a life of meaning, a life of fulfillment, a life of purpose. But it all starts with understanding how you are wired. So don't, don't take it lightly. You're born for something that only you can do. I, I love it, man. That's what a way to end this episode. Kenan, thank you so much. How can students that want to learn more about you and what you do and might be struggling to find their career uh, sweet spot, get a yeah. hold of you? Uh, my website is talentrevolution.me, talentrevolution.me. And, and I'll put it in the show notes. Don't oh, worry. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Talentrevolution.me. And then just shoot me an email at engage 
at talentrevolution.me. Perfect. I'll add those to the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to find out too, uh, Ken is also on LinkedIn. So if you are a student that listens to this podcast a lot and knows that LinkedIn is what you should be doing, be active on LinkedIn, then connect with him on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, this has been an awesome episode. We talked about some amazing things. Students understand, find what you're talented, like what you're naturally good at. Um, use the resources, career services, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. And catch you guys on the next episode. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, Putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.